Hey everybody, welcome to My Town Hustle. Today's episode is going to be about comprehensive planning. Stay tuned. Welcome to My Town Hustle, where we take an in-depth look at the people, policies, and processes that make small towns work. Focusing on trends in urbanism and creative economies, My Town Hustle explores the ideas that make our community special. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jared Perry, and today we are going to be chatting about comprehensive planning. I am joined by the Yoda of all things government, Brett Alfin. Hey there, and I want to say I really love that song. It's a, jam. It's a hot it's jam, a jam, isn't it? It's a jam. Shout out to the sailor. Go check him out on iTunes. It's a jam. Yeah. Um, we also got Sam Tuton of Sixmo City Services. What's going on? And uh, so today... Comprehensive planning. It's going to yeah. be a little different format than what we, we normally do. Uh, we're going to kind of go over it, and then I'm going to try to provoke both of you Ooh. <laughs> to, say, yes. to say what's really on your I mind. I was missing some provocation. We're, well, yeah. we're recording this in the morning. We don't normally uh, do this. So Sam and I are, are pounding hot coffee, and Brett's got uh, monster energy was in it? front of him. So Monster rehab, what does that say? Yeah, man. It's uh, basically iced tea. With the go-go juice, whatever that, you know, <laughs> whatever, oh, well, there you whatever's go. in there, yeah, vitamins and minerals, Those, all the goods, all the goods to get the day charged up. <laughs> Fun little fact. Okay. Monster Energy is the top performing stock of the last twenty years, above Amazon, above Apple, above uh, Tesla. Fascinating. Yeah, it so is. This is like 40, 40 some odd percent cumulative annual growth rate. If you would have put in like ten thousand dollars twenty years ago, it'd be worth like six million or something like that. Monster energy drink. Wow. Thanks, thanks to all the Brett and Kyles out there. Yep. I'm, thanks. I'm, I'm looking forward to your investment podcast, Jared. <laughs> you probably thought of that while you were running. I thought of it when like, I was running. Like you did that last episode. Yeah. You thought of everything. Man, I could really use it Monster Energy right now. We're not sponsored by Monster Energy. By no. The way. No. Uh, all right. Um, so Sam, give us give us a uh, ten thousand foot view of of comprehensive planning, what it is, and you know who typically does it. So typically, your city or your township or your village, you know what, um, or your county uh, initiates it. But it's a your master plan, general plan, it's your land use plan. It's a document that is used to guide your community. Right. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? Who's going to do it? Yeah. That kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just as simple as that in some cases. If, if you want the American Planning Association definition of oh, it. Oh, I do. It's mm-hmm. a little, yeah, I do. It's a little more. Little, Give me some little, academia. It's a, yes. it's a little better. Uh, comprehensive plan is a process that seeks to engage all members of the community to create a more prosperous, convenient, edible, healthy, and attractive place for present and future generations. Okay. Boom. So- so and so concludes the reading of his holy word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my first provocation uh, this morning, including all members of the community. So we, we recently, you know, did a, an initiative here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to mention the names, but it, it tried to include a lot of people. Sure. Right. Yeah. I would like your guys's hot takes on the good and the bad of, and I'm air quoting, involving everyone. Go. <laughs> wow, is that it? That's all, that's <laughs> that's, all you want? A lot to I, that. I think about um, the show Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. 
and working in public government to me, that show oftentimes is like a true story. Yeah. Like those public meetings, it's kind of a kangaroo court sometimes, but the spirit and the sentiment behind what you're trying to do is, is good. Yeah. And typically the participation rate is pretty low. So, uh, you know, I, I think anybody that works in public government that's done a public meeting has sat in that public meeting talking to their colleague the whole time while nobody came. Yeah. And so I think that's just a, a reality. But I think the idea of giving folks the opportunity to participate is critically important. And I'm not saying to lessen that. I think what I am definitely saying is that not very many people take up that opportunity to get involved. And yeah. why is that? I don't know. Maybe they don't know. They don't have the time. Maybe they don't feel like they have the information necessary to weigh in. And Because oftentimes all we're looking for is your opinion. Yeah. And we well, certainly know people have no problem giving that a yeah, lot. So it's true. Yeah. So when you when you're saying participate, right? Yep. My my issue with involving everyone is that when you talk about participating, you're saying, No, no, we need like ten thousand people around this table sure. to make a decision. Yes. Versus no, we need a select few, the people who are absolutely unequivocally engaged at all times. Yep. You know that are being the ones, you know, talking to these other people, you know, Hey, you should really care about this. You should go do this. Yada, yada, yada. Mm. The, the participation comes into, okay, now that we've taken this to a certain point, we need your input. Like, you know, give us, you know, have a survey, et cetera. That's the participation that you're looking to get from people who aren't engaged a hundred days out of a hundred. Right. I think the most important thing is, already having a culture that you've kind of cultivated that allows the citizens to feel like they can be engaged. Yes. You know, if you're doing a comprehensive plan for the first time and you really don't do a lot of open meetings, you're, you're maybe your open public meetings aren't really that fun or informative. Sure. You know, they're not going to come out. So there's a lot more into it before you ever get to these steps of a comprehensive plan. Oh yes. And, but there's steps along the way that can make it better. So people feel more comfortable telling you things. Um, but obviously you do go into it too, kind of having an already general idea of what you want, especially if you're a city administrator or a city planner, your development director, whatever it may be, you know, you already have things kind of outlined in your head and really that's your opportunity to, it's the opportunity for the community to engage with you, but I think also for you to engage with them Yes. to say, hey, we're kind of looking at this right here. What do you think? It's you're, you're, you are facilitating those thoughts with your own thoughts and trying to drive it to a particular uh, solution. Well, I think this, this scenario, Jared, it ends up like voting, right? Mm -hmm. We know that there's, you know, 10 or 12 or 13,000 voters in our community. But when we have an election for a local issue or for local candidates, you know, we get, you know, three, 4,000 tops that, that come out. And so it's, it's like a microcosm of what we experience through voting turnout happens in the public participation part of whether it's planning, whether it's, project review or you know any of those kinds of things we want the opportunity to share our voice and our opinion but when it actually comes time to do it uh, a lot of times folks uh, don't do it and i'm guilty too i'm i'm guilty of that as well i mean i do it for work i don't can't say i'm always excited to then go do it as a citizen Mm -hmm. as well and so shame on me for that can i can i give you a little task while while we're riffing here i give me the voter turnout in 2016 for, for the city of Marriott? National? For our national election, yes. Yeah, as compared to what our local elections um, 
would be for issues that aren't you know voting for you know, our president. I would love to see that because I think that would, I have no idea what it is. Perhaps I'll be wrong. You know what it is. I, <laughs> I have a very sneaking suspicion, <laughs> but it, it drives to the point of what my town hustle is about. Yeah. You have people that give a whole lot about this one thing yeah. and not very much about where they actually live. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I don't want to spend on that too long. Brett's going to get us that information. Um, Sam, you were, you were quoting something Earlier, you had used. I love this oh, saying. Love, what, what was? It? I love this saying. Um, basically, it is one of the fundamental responsibilities of local government is to plan for future growth and development of the community. And so, talk talk a little bit about what happens. You know, when you don't. When you don't, you just. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of things. Uh, Give me your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of reactionary. I think solutions. That's what happens when you don't plan. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of damage that can be done. I think even speaking the terms of the trust of citizens with your local administration, um, but there's also, there's also tax dollar, uh, problems with that, especially if it's a capital or infrastructure project to where you just paved the road, but guess what? That infrastructure has been failing for a long time. We haven't really realized it. We're just going to play it off. Like, let's hope it gives us a couple more years and it doesn't give you any time. And you got to get back in there and replace it. So that's planning in terms of actual infrastructure. Um, but planning in terms of, you know, growth and jobs and creation, you know, you can make a lot of poor decisions that may seem like the best at first, but long-term aren't going to. Yeah, gonna I feel like it. it's it's making easy decisions. Yes. Right, because I, I'd prefer not to rock the boat so to speak and i think that's what's kind of the trap at least that i see since i've i've moved back is that we and i'm saying marietta and i'm sure your hometown is the same we are just hell bent on making the past our future mm-hmm. yeah. well this worked in 1950 this worked in 1970 and it worked in 19 you know 80 and 90 and you know it should work in 2020 <laughs> yeah no no i mean the the game has fundamentally changed and i think there was an article in the paper um it's probably been almost a year now but 75 percent i want to say it went went up i think it might be even like 77 78 uh percent of all the businesses in washington county are single member llcs or you know businesses with one to five people yeah that's not a manufacturing job no folks it's not um Certainly, it was our bread and butter for a very, very, very long period of time. Yeah, and I, I'll give you another. Per, I'll give you another piece of that, Jared. So, the work I do every day uh, it encompasses an eight-county region of southeastern Ohio, and we were recently doing an examination of businesses out there. And so, there's classifications from stage zero to stage five. So, stage zero is what you're talking about. You know, startup. You know, micro enterprise. One. You know, one or two employees, up to stage five, which is like 500 plus employees. Now, I think. The general perception out there of the country, of communities in Appalachia, certainly of those in rural Ohio, is that people in our communities, they work, like you're saying, in a factory, right, or in a power plant or something that's a big thing like that. I don't remember the exact number, but there was something like 10,000 active businesses in this eight-county region. Of those, only 97 employed 100 employees or more. So like mm-hmm. over 99% of our businesses are the very small and medium-sized business. I would argue 
the planning efforts and the planning energies and activities that are out there give 100% of our energy focus and, and effort yeah. to attracting those huge outside attraction and very little effort to those small and medium-sized business, which are 99% of our business portfolio, yeah. to your exact point. Yeah. So there's a perception out there that we're fighting against, and planning is part of that. And I'll also offer it like this for folks. Think of it like a budget. Our communities, and I don't mean Marietta, but all small communities, we have limited resources. We have limited personnel. We have limited time. We can't do everything that everybody wants. And yeah. so a comprehensive plan helps us prioritize what are we going to do? What's most important? What are we going to spend our precious, rare energy and resources on to do? And what aren't we? And it's just like your personal budget. Here's the things I can afford and here's what I can't. And so it, yeah. I could wrap it up just in that. And that's kind of one of the reasons I think it's important to do that because um, to call back to an earlier episode, remember I was like pointing at Sam and I was like, what do people say? Do something. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is one of the things I see happening out there. Sam's an elected official. And I, I live in the community. And I go up to Sam and I'm like, Sam, you know, I really think we should invest in this uh, UFO detection system. Ooh. And Sam's like, Brett, thank you for your concern. I understand that detecting <laughs> UFOs is, is important to you. But um, in our community, in our comprehensive plan, we have agreed that we're going to focus on these top three issues for the next two years. And we're going to focus our energies and resources on that. Yeah. And the... Um, we're going to have to hold off on the UFO detection. And so it yeah. gives our public officials some cover because I can't imagine yeah. if you're a public official, how many calls do you think you get for, Hey, can we do this thing? And they could be, I mean, they can be yeah. anything yeah. and everything. And I know they are. So I, I think of it, it's almost like cover, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it helps them prioritize their time. It's not me. It's the plan. Sure. And so think about it like a budget. What are yeah. we going to do with our precious resources? Yeah. And, it, and it's reviewed over time. Most of them are, what, 10, 20 years in terms of what you're forecasting for the future. Sure. So by it being reviewed by the city, it, it is. It, it's, it, it becomes more than just a plan on a shelf. When the actual administration, actual city officials use it as, as, a, yeah. use it as a, let's say, use it as a crutch. That's actually a bad way to say it. But use it to where... I'm, I'm focused for this job. I'm going to help the growth of the community. It's already been outlined. You've already been a part of this. Yes. We're, we're yeah. moving forward. I, I've got to imagine it helps with, with turnover in elected positions. Just, you know, it, it keeps people, I don't want to say reined in, sure. but you know, you can't go rogue because this is the plan. It was voted on, you know, it was passed, maybe not voted on, but you know, worked on yep. by, by the community. Mm -hmm. This is what they wanted to do just because yep. new people get, a, you know, elected and put into office. You can't have your own pet projects come through it's got to follow under one of these guidelines so yeah. if you want to put in a new industrial complex and we say we wanted to have you know uh, mobility was a, a thing then how can you extend say the bike path over over here along that as part of that mm -hmm. then you could you know have your little pet project because you're still including the main focus of what the comprehensive plan was yeah. am i right in saying that or mm -hmm. off base no i think you're, you're perfectly right thanks i like being perfectly <laughs> right <laughs> Um, okay, so with that, talk about you know turnover in city government and how it would affect comprehensive, you know, planning and when would be the best time to undertake one. It's it's like making porridge with the three little bears. Yeah. You don't want to wait too long to do it. You don't yeah. want to do it too often. You yeah. want to do it just right. Yeah, it's a fine line. Yeah, and the interesting thing is there's no, for most communities, there's no statutory requirement to do a plan, right? There's nothing legally that says you must do this. Um, I think what we're arguing is it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. It's a worthwhile 
expenditure of our time. Make no mistake, and I think Sam's kind of making this point throughout the episode here, is that it's hard. It takes a long time. You know, it takes months, mm-hmm. a year, Damn. maybe more to go through this process and actually put something out there that's meaningful and gather all the input. So you don't want to do it too often, but you also, at the same time, you don't want to wait 20 years mm-hmm. until you do it because, to Jared's point, the whole game has changed at that point. So yeah. we were saying on a previous episode that sometimes folks, uh, they might run for office on one issue, and maybe yeah. this would be the issue. Now, we don't really see that because we don't have that many yeah. comprehensive plans, but I could see, you know, there's something in there that's really got Sam mad I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get myself elected and, and get in there to change that. So um, it's a fine line. Yeah. And, and again, there's nothing compelling them to do it other than it's good practice. It's good management. It's, it's smart thinking to, to be strategic yeah. Yeah. and we need more of that. I, I think too, we all, we always reference and mention, you know, counting on local elected officials to, to help with this narrative. But this puts, pressure also on administration staff to to as an organization organization as a whole funnel their efforts into something that's that's for the greater good there's no all right they do this and they do that and they do this and they do that or we don't know what they do or you know we don't know what we're doing we're day by day we're just here doing it so you know you can demand that out of your officials but more importantly this gives anybody working that's a paid employee, tax dollar, everything, you know, an effort to, to get, get behind something. If I was a city admin, there's no way I wouldn't want to work for someone that didn't have a, a plan of what to do in the future or for their department to grow or to feel safe that I could voice my concern with the operations within the department and say, all right, things need to change or we're getting, we're seeing a bunch of this issue. We need to we need to do something about it. Yeah, be proactive rather yeah. than reactive. And yeah. to Sam's point, you know, a lot of the a lot of rural communities, you know, they're high needs communities, and I'm not saying that like they're doing something wrong or you know yeah. that that's a bad thing. But as a high need community, and if you're a public official, Sam, you've got to think critically about how are we going to allocate the resources we have to address the problems we have. We can't do everything, and so the plan helps us do that, and. Without it, I mean, those jobs are already hard. I mean, being a local official and having to deal with all those issues that folks are bringing to you, along with all of your statutory requirements and compliance and all that, I mean, it's hard. And so having something that helps keep you on the rails, I think, would be tremendously helpful. It it goes back to allowing these city officials to educate and learn themselves more because a comprehensive plan has elements of growth, annexation, infrastructure uh, capacity, housing needs, public facilities, economic development, urban form, sustainability. So, you know, it's so much more in one in terms of the growth of the city, but the growth of the organization. Think about this too, and Jared, you might appreciate this. How many times have you wondered, what are they doing? (laughs) Have you ever asked that question? Yeah. You seem like a guy who might ask that question. I am a guy that would ask that question. And I think the comprehensive plan is the perfect opportunity for a community to say to someone who's asking that question like you, here's exactly what we're doing. Not only here's exactly what we're doing, here's how we're going to do it. Here's when we're going to do it. Here's who's doing it. And I think that part of it is wildly underrated. Yeah. I would look at it from the exact opposite. I would look at it as a tool that, to hold my officials accountable. For sure. Well, yeah. It says you were going to do this in, For in sure. one yeah. to three years. You made this pretty and website. And it's year <laughs> five, you know, and nothing's, we haven't even started. Sure. Yeah. So 
you know, give me some examples, maybe on a, <clears throat> a, a grander scale, if you will, uh, maybe in a major metropolitan area where kind of comprehensive planning has either worked or gone awry. The example that I have found is uh, Minneapolis 2040 comprehensive plan, uh, which just passed, I think, in 2019. Um, but that included kind of rezoning most of the entire city. And what that did was it allowed for multi-use or multi-density into these single-family housing units um, or pockets of the community. And the uproar was from the single-family neighborhoods that didn't want, you know, mixed-use or uh, multi-use or multi-family complexes in there. Um, The plan was to reduce uh, racial disparities and create uh, affordable housing and increase living wage jobs, et cetera. Although the critics say that doesn't guarantee that that will happen, but that uproar, that went through a long uproar from when they drafted it to meetings and people coming, uh, you know, to speak against it. And it seems to be, and I don't know why this is the case, but communities that are larger seem to have comprehensive plans more regularly than small communities. Thinking about, again, the work that I do every day, I can only think of a handful of communities in Southeastern Ohio that actually have a comprehensive plan. Yeah. They're the larger ones. Uh, most villages, you know, small communities, they don't. Now, some of them are interested in kind of working on that, but as far as having one on the books that's gone through the full process, that typically seems to be you've got to be at least some level of, you know, a sit small city or larger. And then when you're large, kind of to an earlier point, your citizenry right is compelling you to yeah. Yeah. be very discreet about what you're going to do and when and how and how are we going to be involved and all that. So, yeah. So uh, in one of our earlier episodes, we talked about, you know, great ideas are transcendent, right? If it works in Seattle, it should work here. If it's truly a great idea. Um, so to your point, you know, talking about Minneapolis, right? It's taking out what would be single family, you know, zoning and introducing Multi, you could still have single-family homes, but yes. it, it would also allow multi-family homes. So, to bring that kind of local and, and granular here, um, R one, let's just call it Fifth Street, mm-hmm. or I live Sixth Street, where where you live, Devola, you know, where you live. These are single-family yep. places. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tell the neighbor, tell your next-door neighbor right now why it is a good idea to plop down high-density, low-income housing on fifth and sixth street why why is that a fruitful exercise you know here locally because we don't have any racial real disparity we got 98 or 99 percent white people here so that isn't necessarily going to change the game our, our poor people are, are white people yeah. so why would it be a good idea to to incorporate high density low income housing on a fifth or a sixth street in marietta i think you have to go back one idea do you believe that our community should be growing? And if you think our community should be growing, then the valuable resource that we're planning for is our housing and our land. Yeah. So the community that we live in, I would argue, and maybe you guys would disagree, there isn't another place for us to go out there and annex to build new housing. So we can't send the new housing somewhere to the outskirts of town like many places can, right? So if we want to grow our population, if you think that's important, not everybody does. Yeah. If you think that's important, then we have to work 
with the precious, valuable, limited resource we have, which is the housing and the residential areas we have. And we have to make be more permissive of what we do there. Now, I don't agree that it it would be or has to be low income yeah. or, or moderate income. It could be anything. And that's up to the market and to the attitude of the community. But being more permissive of, you know, I, I had a mother who was handicapped and, and died 10 years ago. I would have loved to have been able to have the house I have now and build a small accessory unit in the back where I could have cared for her for the rest of her mm-hmm. life. I would have loved to do that. But right now, zoning that we have would have made that very challenging. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there that would love to do that type of thing or similar. And that's really what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm not talking about take your garage and make it into five apartments. Yeah. I'm talking about how do we how do we densify our housing in a way that's helpful to and that people want. Um, I don't want to jump to I think what you when you jump to it's going to be low income, yeah. that's that's where people are going to, of course, they're going to not want that. Of course. And I was just yeah. going off Minneapolis. Sure. That's, that's yeah. right out of their, sure. yeah, their plan. Their effort to try to increase affordable housing. Again, yeah. Yeah. that is a, if it is a great idea, it should be transcendent. Yeah. I don't think that fits or applies here. The playbook yeah. looks drastically yeah. different because the things you're talking about are not the same things that, that they're talking about. Sure. Right? And I, and okay. I think uh, yeah. to my original point, we haven't agreed on the base concept that we want our community to grow. Yeah. I think sometimes we're saying that, but we're not really doing anything that's putting that into practice. I think we yeah. are saying that here. Sure. The three <laughs> yeah. of us yeah. sure. on this podcast, we sure. are, we are certainly saying that sure. and advocating, you know, for it. Um, but the comprehensive plan would lay out a land use, kind of management plan or or something in the future i mean salmon uh, is currently working on um you know rezoning um a certain is is it r1 or r2 it's r1 r1 i think it's r1 r2 yeah something like that yeah um i just know what it was that c3po's friend i know what we want it to be what's r2d2 rtd sorry i wasn't sure which one you were talking about But uh, I have no idea but, where I was going. Well, with that. The, <laughs> I killed that. Okay. Yeah. Dead. The, well, what you're saying is rezoning in terms of procedurally, most communities look at what their future land use. Yeah. Well, is. again, yeah. it's a reactionary thing. It's yeah. not a proactive thing. Okay. It seems like more people, more and more, are trying to, you know, take this piece of land because again, it's a very old community. It's been around forever. Everything's been built on. Yes. So now it's a lot of, you know, brownfield development or, or you know, you, you don't have just. I'm going to slap up a new building. Yeah. You know, you're either renovating existing structures or you're rezoning, like you're changing the use of what something was yeah. uh, to put something new there. We're having yeah. to redevelop something that's already developed, yeah, right? like into idea. a new phase, right? A new chapter. And that's, I think a lot of communities are in that, you know, every small community, they don't or don't want to like add on another 50 acres to town. They've got to work inside of what they've got. And I think the planning process is what, aids us in that if that's what you want to do but to the original point we've got to decide if growth is what we want or if additional business development of certain type or whatever it is we got to right we got to decide what do we want before we could plan for it Mm -hmm. sounds like you need a comprehensive plan in most cases you do i i think you see a lot of maybe developers or people who look at property on the outskirts right so a lot of these rezonings are targeting some residential, it's maybe close to commercial, relatively close, but it's a little bit cheaper land. You know, if you looked at it on the street, you wouldn't think anything different, but it's a strategic target instead of, all right, we could, instead of this million dollar property right here on the state route, let's go behind it. 
you know, there's some there's some parcels there. We can we can put something there. That yep. that seems like that's workable. But guess what? It used to be residential, and now we have to go through this process, or we get denied use, and maybe it's not even beneficial to have residential. Not to say that's wrong. It could be a part of land that's like eh, it was residential 20 years ago. Now it's not because all those houses face a state route and construct you know commercial district and the market took them down and no one lives there anymore. Man, if there was only some episode where people talked about zoning. I know. <gasps> Man. Yeah. Zoning and land Zones. banks. Zones. Zones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, I do want to give people, you know, an opportunity. Where, where do they go if, you know, they look, you know, I, I don't know, wherever you're at. If they want to know if they've got a, you know, comprehensive plan, where would they go to look? And if they don't find one, who would they go to talk to about, you know, why haven't we done this? I, I would imagine their city website, if they have one, should be posted on there. Sometimes they have their own website um, designed the for plan the, itself. the plan itself. Yeah. Um, but if not, call your, so we're talking, you know, your safety service director, we're talking your city manager, whoever. Your city councilman city or council, woman. Yeah, who, who's in charge. And they, they should know what plans are there and not there because you'll have even like maybe like a parks plan, you know, the comprehensive, there's smaller detailed, more focused area plans that cities have, but uh, they should know exactly where those are and what, what, the, what they're used but for. There are scenarios where a community might get funding or get a project that requires them to do maybe not a full blown comprehensive plan, but they have to do some kind of a planning endeavor along with that. Or, um, you know, there are agencies out there, public agencies that will help fund some of these planning processes for communities because obviously they're committed to, it's a positive practice and it yields benefits and they're committed to it. And it's shown to work in other communities. And, you know, I, I go back to that original comment I made about, I think it helps set the, and define the goals of what you're trying to do as an elected official or as a local official to better communicate it to citizens, right? Yeah. I, can, I can't imagine a worse feeling than if I was an elected official and somebody asked me, what are you guys doing or what are you folks doing? And I didn't have a good answer. Yeah. Um, I would really want something there that would outline, yes, here's all the things we're yeah. doing. And mm -hmm. here's details about it. Here's my it. elevator pitch. Here's how you can yeah. get yeah. involved. Here's, I mean, I, I would really want that if, if I was in one of those positions. So I think that's what we're advocating for here. And I also didn't want to get away from this. I know Jared requested some, some numbers earlier. Oh, yes. Yes. So we're talking about um, the level of participation, which I was kind of jokingly saying is like a Parks and Rec episode, right? You get 25 people there out of 10,000 or whatever. Yeah. So the 2016 general election, which was a presidential election, we had um, 30, just over 30,000 ballots cast, and there are 42,000 registered voters in our county, right? So that's a, pretty high, that's a pretty good percent. March 2017 was um, the next election. A pr it was a primary election, mm -hmm. and only 11,400 ballots cast. Wow. So yeah. dropped it by two thirds. Yeah. And, and this is not just our community. I think this is the trend across the country, probably across the world and democracies everywhere that yeah. when you're voting for the top thing, obviously that brings people out. Everything else, it brings out those people, like Sam was saying, the people that really pay attention and care and are watching closely. And, yeah. you know, so it, yeah. it, it, public participation in planning suffers from the same thing. That's the, that's the end point we're making is that yeah. it and suffers from the same. Yeah. I feel like 
at least what's very topical right now is, you know, oh, this is, you know, a, a tyrant or this is, you know, this person's acting like a king, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yet, statistically, you look, well, that's what you want. Sure. <laughs> because that's where all your time, effort, and energy is spent, is the king. Sure. It's not on the rest of the things. Right. Like, it's not. But, so you get what you ask for. And this will be a trend as we have more episodes because I know there's so many other issues we're going to fall back This feels on. like there's something but, there, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like I something. I like these morning episodes. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I did too. Got the coffee. We're good to go. Mm-hmm. I've watched the sunrise out the window out there. It was pretty cool. So yeah. if I want to encourage people, if you're out there and you have a small town, you know, a little micropolitan area, and you've got, like, you're proud of that comprehensive plan, mm-hmm. please, like, at us, yeah. uh, email us, support at mytownhustle.com. We would love to share that resource if we can um, with our listeners so that people out there can say, this is what it looks like done right. And let me say something to the folks that are listening. Or just done. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I want to say something to the folks that are listening that don't have anything and they're thinking about how can I do this. Keep in mind, we've said this in previous episodes, in local government and in governance in general, there is no copyright infringement. Do your R&D rip off and duplicate yeah find somebody who's done it well do not reinvent this wheel it's your job is already hard the challenges you're facing are already mounting don't make this another one and don't let it be a roadblock to why you're not doing it find someone that's doing it and mimic it take the best parts of that that work for you that produce the outcomes you want and put that into place it doesn't have to be you don't have to create this from nothing from the dust this has been done hundreds of times if not thousands of times um, you could reach out to us. We can give you some examples that we know of personally, you know, so, um, Google is your friend, get your black belt and Google foo. Mm-hmm. It's stuff's mm-hmm. out there. Don't do not reinvent this wheel. Absolutely. There is resources out there to help you. And I would encourage you to dig them up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, well I set. think that's going to, uh, button up this episode. Uh, if you've got any questions, hit us up support at mytownhustle.com. Um, if you found this fruitful, you know, we'd appreciate a five-star review. And uh, if you know anybody out there that's looking at comprehensive planning, you know, be sure to share this episode with them and, you know, check out the show notes because we will update those uh, with some references uh, as they start pouring in. All right. Thanks. Until next time. Thank you for listening to My Town Hustle. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share our podcast with someone who you think would benefit greatly from it. But most importantly, subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you consume your podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening.